Welcome to Prism Bible, where we learn the Bible so we can live the story. God has a part for each of us to play and to understand our purpose. We need to grasp the big, beautiful story that's unfolding in history. Join us today as we see where everything begins to go wrong. The beautiful Garden of Eden becomes the stage for a rebellion that affects humanity to this very day. You're listening to Prism Bible. In this beginning era, we've seen the creation of everything by God and His determination of order within all that He made. We discussed the six days of creation, the creation of man and woman, the mandate that God gave to them as rulers over the earth. And we saw that after all these activities, God rested on the seventh day. We also began an exploration of the order of authority that God gave to things in the beginning, an order that we can think of in four layers. God at the top, then the man, then the woman, then the rest of the earth, including the animals. God, man, woman, and the rest of creation. Now, our modern sensibilities might bristle at this ordering because it's contrary to the way we normally think. We tend to dislike hierarchy in favor of flat structures. But just because we think something doesn't mean that that's how God made it. Remember, as the designer, he's the definer. And God defined an order there at the beginning. God, then man, then woman, then the animals and the earth. Now, don't mix up order with value. God didn't devalue the woman, nor overvalue the man. Instead, he simply made an order of authority. He took the man and the woman, both made in the image of God, and he simply defined their roles. The man was to lead, and the woman was to follow. Functionally, there were differences, while their value remained equivalent. Maybe you have a boss at work. Maybe you have parents and you live in their home. Now, just because your boss has authority over you or your parents have authority doesn't say anything about your value. Your value exists independently of the authority structures in your life. Because just like this first man and woman, you were made in the image of God. And you're just as valuable as Adam and Eve. Remember, though, that equality of value doesn't mean equivalent function or role. It's worth noting that when God made the woman, he made her out of the man's flesh as a helper comparable to him. She was equal in value and yet distinct in role. She and her husband were to exercise dominion over the earth, and yet her husband was in an authoritative position over her. And this was part of God's good plan. God created things, and he created an order to those things. God, man, woman, and the rest of creation. The order of God also included a mandate and a prohibition. The mandate we've already discussed. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth. And the prohibition was this. The Lord God commanded the man, You may eat freely from every tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So now we have God's good order, a mandate, and a prohibition. And this is where the plot thickens, because this is where the villain enters the story. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Interestingly enough, one of the creatures at the bottom of the authoritative order that God had made asks the woman a question. Remember, her position was in authority over the creature. And the serpent deceptively starts her down the path of questioning God's prohibition. The woman begins questioning God's authority over her, and by extension, her husband's authority over her. Don't forget that the text here only records God telling the man the prohibition in the garden. It follows that he communicated this same prohibition to his wife as her authority. So, inherent in the story is the passing down of the command from God to man, to woman, to the creatures. And now with this scene, we see a questioning of the prohibition, starting at the bottom of this order structure. A creature is questioning the woman. But, at the end of this fateful conversation with the serpent, we see this. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. She took the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The serpent deceives the woman who eats, and concurrently, the man who is at the top of the authority chain in the scene, he eats too. And all these actions disobey the order, the purpose, and the prohibition that God had given. The authority structure is inverted. Here we see the beast subduing the woman by deception, the man following the woman in eating, and God being disobeyed by them all. The humans ate the fruit and chose to try to make their own identities instead of living in the identity given to them by God. In this sin of disobedience, the man and woman have undermined their purpose, they have rejected the mandate, and they have disobeyed God's one rule. Where peace and contentment resided, now fear crept in. And soon we read, The man and his wife heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the breeze of the day. And they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man, Where are you? I heard your voice in the garden, he replied, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Who told you that you were naked? asked the Lord God. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man answered, The woman whom you gave me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The serpent deceived me, she replied, and I ate. Things have fallen apart for the humans, and God questions them down the chain of authority that he had established. First he questions the man, then the woman, both of whom try to blame shift, and yet with authority comes responsibility. We see God squarely placing the more significant blame on Adam, who merely stood by his wife as she was deceived by the serpent. The leader in the scene at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil reduced himself to a bystander, and in doing so, he failed to exercise his God-given authority. And the result was crisis. 
Soon God hands out curses to the serpent and consequences to the woman and to the man. God curses the serpent over every animal and announces his eventual defeat by the seed, the offspring of the woman. God gives the woman the consequence of pain and childbearing and marital conflict, where she will desire to reject the authority of her husband. And finally, we see the consequences for the man, who will suffer hard and painful labor to farm the cursed ground. Instead of conquering the creatures and the earth as a united husband and wife, the humans will now suffer to obey God's mandate. The mandate to be fruitful and multiply is made difficult with the woman's pain and childbearing. The mandate to subdue the earth is made difficult with the painful labor the man will endure. And in the midst of this will be a marital power struggle where the God-given authority of the man is always questioned. The blessing of the mandate and the harmony of marriage has now been tainted by the consequences of sin. And on top of that, the worst consequence of all, the death penalty. While the couple initially felt their spiritual separation from God and their nakedness, they will also suffer death in their bodies as well. These are the final consequences spoken to the man. God says, By the sweat of your brow you will eat bread until you return to the ground, because out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. The man once made from the dust of the ground, into whom God breathed the breath of life, the man's body would die and return to the dust. And soon the man Adam and the woman Eve are banished from the Garden of Eden, never to eat from the tree of life, until somehow the death penalty is dealt with. Disobedience led to crisis, led to deathly consequences. Despite this new exiled state, however, they're not without God's care for them. Just before being banished, the people are given coverings for their nakedness by God. God replaces those fig leaves with something of much more value. Apparently, God slays an animal and uses its skin for covering the naked couple. Blood is shed to make a covering for the humans. Remember this because this will be an important theme as we move forward in the Bible story. God himself provides a covering for Adam and Eve, and death is the means of providing that covering. So exiled, corrupt, and confused, Adam and Eve suffer the consequences of rebellion against God's order. Children will be from painful labor, food will be from painful labor, and in the midst of this, marital conflict will be the norm. In the heart of humanity, identity crisis and corruption has creeped in, always now pulling toward rebellion against the order, always wanting to be like God. Yet God still remains the benevolent ruler at the top of the authority chain. And in the midst of these curses, he provides for Adam and Eve. He provides a covering and a promise, a promise that eventually a seed of the woman will come to set things right. The seed will defeat the serpent, and that's the couple's hope. That's what they'll be looking for from here on out. The seed who comes to conquer. Join us next time as we explore life in the new disordered normal and meet the first two sons of the first couple. 
Will they follow God and honor His rule? Or will they reject the God who made them? Don't forget to download the Prism Bible app, our mobile app to help you learn the Bible. In addition to this podcast content, we have Bible readings, summaries, and quiz questions on the app to help you get the most out of every lesson. Prism Bible is a project of the Bible Literacy Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to helping you learn the Bible.